Hey, listener. Before we get into the good stuff, I just wanted to let you know, if you'd rather just get this entire audiobook at once and start listening to it immediately, just head over to my website at nickthacker.com audio. That's N-I-C-K-T-H-A-C-K-E-R.com slash audio. This is The Atlantis Stone by me, Nick Thacker, read by my friend with a much better voice, Mike Vendetti. Chapter 10 Dr. Filosek continued to explain his thoughts on the ancient letter. Large guard, whose name tag read Karn, was joined by two more guards, one named Becca and another younger man named Rogers. As Filosek went on, Jensen and Corrine listened with increasing interest, forgetting for a moment how they came to meet this man. Jensen found himself getting lost in the compelling results of Vilosek's research and had to keep reminding himself that Vilosek had abducted them and shot him. The fact that he had a bullet hole in his side reminded him that there was something sinister about this whole thing, regardless of how interested he might be in Vilosek's research. Jensen wondered how Corrine could have any role in this. She was a smart girl with a degree in applied physics and mathematics on a fast track to a career at NASA. But with NASA's budget dwindling, her interests had shifted to a research career, or eventually a teaching position. She'd reached out to Jensen six months ago, hoping he could find her a position in his department. He had an opening, and they'd been working together since. They made a pretty good team, Jensen thought. It wasn't every day that Jensen got to do some old-fashioned research, the kind that turned him on to ancient history in the first place. But having Corrine around helped his preliminary information-gathering process go twice as fast. Corrine spoke several languages, including German and Spanish, but most notably native Hawaiian. She'd lived there from the age of eight. Now her knowledge, wit, and linguistic skills helped her to quickly grasp new concepts and tie them into historic contexts. Maybe having her here would be good for him to keep his head in the game. Though he knew it was a selfish thought. She would be, or already was, in more danger being here than back at her apartment in Santa Fe. Vilosek continued, explaining that the letter was written by Thomas Jefferson, an address to Benjamin Banneker in 1791 prior to the founding of the nation's capital. Jefferson and Washington apparently believed there was a legendary source of power that provided supernatural abilities to whoever possessed it. 
that mentioned in the letter was possessed by a group of men, referred to by Vilosek as the Phi Group, who had discovered its strange characteristics. They believed this item was a smaller piece of a much larger power source, and that they must retrieve and protect it, eventually using its magical properties for the benefit of the nation. So, Corrine interrupted, the Founding Fathers wanted to protect the nation, and this would be a huge insurance policy for them. But they didn't already possess the main source of power. How did they know it was part of a larger piece? Vilosek looked at her. We believe that they knew it was part of a larger piece because someone in their group found it. Whoever it was, we don't know. But they did seem to believe they knew where on earth the larger item was located. We don't have the whole letter. There's a page missing. But we do know that the group wrote Banneker to request that he approach the man in charge of laying out the city's streets and buildings. Charles Pierre Lefon, and have him highly alter the city's layout. The letter's middle page was the only written account of the actual location, and Washington ordered it to be destroyed after Banneker read it. They wanted to design into Washington, D.C.'s streets a secret map to the location of the power source, forever hidden in plain sight. We know Banneker at least partially succeeded because within a few months, Charles Lafon resigned from the job, took his original plans with him. Benjamin Banneker became the assistant to the new surveyor, Andrew Ellicott, and they created the layout that remains to this day. the changes they made? Corrine asked. An excellent question, one that has bogged me for years. Since there are no surviving copies of LaFont's original map, we can't know for sure what the differences are between his and Ellicott's designs. We had been analyzing the street's angles and shapes, expecting to find a constellation or some kind of symbol that would point us in the right direction. There are so many obvious symbols, and recent popular culture has often pointed to these as symbols of Satanism, Freemasonry, and even more obscure possibilities. But your uncle's recent paper, he said, nodding toward the article on the table, led me to what I believe can only be the proper explanation. With that, Karn pulled a map from among the papers on the table and laid it out before them. Look familiar? Karn asked them. Jensen examined it. Sure, he said. It looks like the layout of Washington, D.C., obviously before the modern additions like highways and city expansion. It's actually before any construction had begun on the city at all, Alasek said. This map is one of the preliminary documents created by Banneker and Ellicott's team, borrowing heavily, we assume, from LaFont's original sketches. This, Karn said, 
is the layout approved by President Washington, his advisors, and Thomas Jefferson. After Banneker and Ellicott changed the plans according to that letter. As we found out, there are numerous places in this city plan where crossing streets and their shapes create angles that are closely related to the golden ratio and its derivatives. Professor, when we read your paper on the ratio, we were struck by the fact that there are also numerous angles found in the Great Pyramid of Giza that are related to the Golden Ratio, some of them exactly the same as those in the city's plan. Here, look for yourself. You pulled out another diagram detailing the dimensions of the Great Pyramid at Giza in Egypt. But, he continued, perhaps the nation's capital city was altered not to be a map to a location, but a map of a location.
Hey, listener. This podcast is a year-long journey, but I get it. Sometimes we're in it for the destination, not the journey. If you want it all at once, right now, without having to wait a year, grab it here, nickthacker.com slash audio. That's N-I-C-K-T-H-A-C-K-E-R dot com slash audio. Oh, and if you use the code PODCAST2021 at checkout, I'll give you another 20% off.